Good morning. Or morning. I think it's hard to say. It's a good one. Uh, but thank you for tolerating it with a six-pack, the Scotty Six-Pack, the only podcast that's bringing you all the top stories in Wisconsin sports. And we have a top story. And it is the Milwaukee Brewers getting swept in the wild card round of the MLB playoffs by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, if this is your first podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit the subscribe button for free. Follow, rate to the podcast five stars. We really appreciate it. It really helps us grow the show and helps us bring even better content to you every single day. We didn't talk about game one um, because we had a great interview yesterday with Noah Clark, the play-by-play voice voice of the Badgers uh, for the Wisconsin women's hockey team yesterday, previewing their season that is just getting underway. Uh, if you have not yet listened to that interview, please do. Uh, Noah was very gracious with his time uh, coming on as he actually went on to record his own show that evening. Um Step the pigskin with Sam Jamini, another friend of the podcast. Uh, that dropped episode dropped yesterday morning as well. Uh, so that was very entertaining to listen to for me this morning. Uh, but we didn't talk about game one because we published that episode with Noah yesterday, and game one looked kind of like game two did. Uh, last night as Milwaukee lost 5 2 uh, to get swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks at home in Milwaukee really really tough way uh to end a fun brewer's season um try to talk about you know this season it it being memorable at the end try to make this not just an entirely negative show but i think there's some serious negatives to talk through here uh first the game itself kind of how things squared away which is ultimately going to really parlay into the negatives in this game and in this series. Um, the Brewers come out and have a a great showing in the bottom of the first inning to take a, a 2 nothing lead in this game, ultimately being the only two runs that they score. But after just one inning, uh, in the top of the first, Freddie Peralta, the the starting pitcher for the Brewers in this one, after Brandon Woodruff ends up not being on this wild card round roster with an injury, Freddie Peralta throws twenty pitches to lead off the top of the first, and the Brewers make the Diamondbacks ace Zach Gallen go even further in the bottom of the first inning, forcing Zach Gallen to throw thirty two pitches. And really just putting work on him on Diamondbacks ace arm end up scoring two runs really, really great way to go about it. Um, And then after those 32 pitches and letting up two runs, Freddie Peralta comes out for the second inning, just throws eight pitches, three up, three down. And then Zach Allen had to go right back out was a really, really great way to to start the game uh, looked like the Brewers had something going. They came out to that early three, nothing lead yesterday as well. And then ultimately couldn't do anything after Corbin Burns uh, surrendered the lead in that one, which I think ultimately comes back to bite 
Milwaukee in this one. And and maybe it's confirmation bias after all of Brewers fandom yesterday is talking about, oh, well, Corbin Burns blew up. Corbin Burns always blows up in the postseason. I wasn't really saying Corbin Burns always blows up in the postseason, even though sometimes he does. Um, but my take coming out of yesterday or coming out of two days ago, rather coming out of game one, wasn't, oh, another Corbin, another Corbin Burns blow up. It was like, okay, a Corbin Burns blow up here hurts. Um, Craig Council had a game two. I think it was actually immediately post game one was like, no, we're going to be fine. Our, all of our bullpen arms are going to be fine. I am not convinced. I'm not convinced. And I think that the Corbin Burns poor start yesterday ultimately leads to a, a disaster game two. Uh, this evening as I'm, as I'm recording this and uh, it, it, it is just so unfortunate because the Brewers, the Brewers got some great shutout work from the bullpen during game one. And then in game two, Freddie Peralta does not surrender a, a hit, does not surrender a hit, doesn't surrender a run until uh, the top of the fifth inning after getting the first two outs of the inning, you know, w- one hit on an 88 mile an hour changeup and surrenders a solo shot home run uh, to give Arizona some light. And it's a two, one game all of a sudden the top of the fifth, you would think. And although I thought about this and I thought this was going to be more of a slam dunk take, for, I don't know, 30 seconds. And I'm really not so sure. But I, I wonder, because of the kind of the fickle way Freddie Peralta can sometimes take on games, do you think that if Craig Council did not have to go to his bullpen so early in game one, does Freddie Peralta come out for the sixth inning? In game two. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, But Freddie Peralta does come out. For. The sixth inning. And allows. A leadoff walk. A double. To put two runners in scoring position. And then. A two run single. And all of a sudden the Diamondbacks have the lead. After. Freddie Peralta is not able to get a single out in the sixth inning. Abner Uribe comes in after pitching in a high leverage situation in game one and surrenders two more runs, runs four and five, ultimately being the fourth and fifth runs that Arizona scores in this game to win 5-2. The Diamondbacks score four runs in the top of the sixth inning. And it was it was tough. It was tough to watch as you had a bullpen arm come out in a high leverage situation in game one. Really, really look fantastic. Then come out in a high leverage situation again in game two and does not look the part. 
and you're in this position to allow two more runs to give Arizona a three-run lead because your starting pitcher in his last, what is it, one, two, three, four, five batters faced, allowed three runs. Allowed in his last five batters faced, allowed three runs and only got one out. That's uh, like I, who knows, who knows about the the alternative worlds in which Corbin Burns goes six innings, seven innings in game one, and you have a lot more bullpen arms. But like we didn't see y'all pineapples in this game. We saw him in game one. Maybe we see him in game two. Like I, there's. I think room here to believe that an alternative scenario in which Corbin Burns pitches better in game one allows Craig Council to feel more confident about going to the bullpen just a little bit earlier in game two. And maybe, maybe this blow up doesn't happen. Maybe Abner Uribe, Abner Uribe doesn't have to pitch in two high leverage situations on back to back days. And you get one of the good performances out of one of those two days. And instead, we get this. Milwaukee had a chance to get back into it. Um, Particularly in the bottom of the eighth inning. Bottom of the eighth inning, Christian Yelich reaches on a bunt single. Sure, get on base. That's that's all the Brewers needed to do. Got on base. William Contreras hits a single, gets on base. All of a sudden, in a three-run ball game, you're bringing up the tying runner at the plate. Carlos Santana strikes out, but then Marcana singles. And you have bases loaded. The go-ahead run comes up to the plate. And this is where this series and the management decisions feel like they get out of out of hand. Feel like I I just have no idea what we are doing here. And that is even giving the benefit of the doubt for Jesse Winker pinch hitting in the bottom of the seventh, which nobody got a lot of gripes about that. Uh, and we'll get to that. But in the bottom of the eighth, you have one out, bases loaded, tying run at the plate. You need bring in a pinch hitter. Is what you're thinking as Sal Freilich is going to go up to pitch or er, would otherwise be due up to bat against a, a lefty reliever. Sal Freilich is a lefty batter, lefty on lefty, very advantageous matchup for the pitcher. So here comes Joey Weimer, right-handed batter, who you, you have in this game on this roster for base running, for uh, a defensive replacement, for... You know, a pinch hitting scenario in which you need something like this. Joey Weimer comes into the game. 
Joey Weaver comes into the game to pinch run for Mark Canna. And the Brewers allow Sale Freilich, a left-handed batter, to go up and face the left-handed pitcher in a scenario in which you need a hit. You need a hit. Uh, Kurt Hogg of the Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel tweeted during the game. Against left-handed pitching this year, Sal Freilich is slashing 184, 279, 290. Joey Weimer, 267, 298, 517. 267 uh, batting average versus a 184 batting average for Sal Freilich against left-handed pitching. I don't know what the heck the Craig Council is doing with Joey Weimer on this playoff roster, if not for that exact moment. Or... Or what are or what are we doing here? Um, that was a tough look. That was a tough management position. Or Andrew Monasterio, who came in to bat as as a pinch hitter in the bottom of the ninth inning. There's another righty batter that you could have brought out there. What are we doing? Ultimately, that ends in disaster. Um, self relic. Grounds into a fielder's choice. They throw out Christian Yelich in a force out at home. Uh, and then Willie Adamas grounds into a fielder's choice as well immediately afterwards. And Brewers really didn't have a chance in the bottom of the ninth too much. Tyrone Taylor weirdly didn't score off of a uh, pretty hard hit double by Christian Yelich. Really not sure. With two outs, not sure why Terran Taylor did not just take off and try to score there. Very odd, but Brewers are left with a really sour taste in their mouths after this. And the South Freilich going up to take that at bat is is just bonkers to me. Um no idea what Jesse Winker is doing on this playoff roster. Shouldn't have been anywhere near it. He dang near threw out his back in his one pinch hit appearance in game one and then and struck out and then he grounded out. I think he he didn't he didn't reach base in his game two at bat either. Was not a good option for those at bats. Uh he hadn't got a major league at bat since whatever it was, July. Uh, and you're doing that over Rowdy Telez, who, you know, I know hasn't been great, but over Rowdy Telez, no Garrett Mitchell. And yeah, Garrett Mitchell hasn't gotten those at bats either. But you feel like with the way this Brewers team is, you would almost at least rather have Garrett Mitchell. If we're going to have. This is where the Sal Freilich thing and the Jesse Winker thing get compounded. Because if you're going to let Sal Freilich take that at bat, which is just absolutely absurd to me, and you're going to let Sal Freilich take that at bat, I guess ostensibly because you want to put Joey Weimer on the base paths already. So you don't want to put Joey Weimer at the plate because you want him on the base paths for Mark Marcana. Wouldn't it be great if instead of Jesse Winker, 
we had somebody sitting on the bench who you want to trust her on the base paths already, like Garrett Mitchell. And you could have Garrett Mitchell come into the game, pinch run for Mark Hanna, and then you could have Joey Weimer take that at bat. Instead of Sal Freilich, who can't hit left-handed pitching. Just, you know, like, in third absurd, absurd fumbling of the bag. Um, and, I, and, I, and I say, hey, you have Joey Weimer take that at bat and Garrett Mitchell go on the base, pa- base paths because um, Garrett Mitchell is a left-handed hitter. So that's unfortunate. Um, we're going to talk about the season big picture a little bit. Um, positives, what might happen after this uh, and the aftermath of this. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about TickPick. Uh, TickPick is the best place to get tickets on your next ticket purchase, whatever that might be. Uh, obviously not going to be for a Brewers game anytime soon. But uh, uh, somebody told me it's Dame time. Somebody, somebody mentioned it's Dame time. Uh, freak time is what uh, the kids on the internet are saying. Uh, and so if you need to buy tickets on your next ticket purchase, you should download the TickPick app or go to the TickPick website. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. Uh, use my link in the podcast description, and you're going to save $10 off on your first order. It comes with TickPick's best price guarantee. And so if you find the same tickets on another ticket selling app at a better price, TickPick is going to refund you twice the difference in credit. That difference between the ticket you find on the other site and on TickPicks, twice over in credit. Really, really great deal. Uh, that's their best price guarantee. Use TickPick. Use my code in the podcast description. Say $10 on your first order. And TickPick will never charge you delivery or service fees. So never pay service or delivery fees on tickets ever again. Use my link in the podcast description. Save $10 on your first order. Download the TickPick app. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K. And get the best deal on tickets for Greek time in Milwaukee. Uh, you might also find a great deal for tickets uh, to the upcoming Badger football game this Saturday uh, at Camp Randall against Rutgers for homecoming. I will be at that game. Uh, if you are bumbling around Regent Streets or Camp Randall, hit me up on the Twitter, uh, the website formerly known as Twitter. Uh, would love to meet and talk to any and all of you. So big picture from this season. And I think big picture from this playoff disappointment is that the Brewers since 2018, since the Brewers were one game away from reaching the World Series, have not won a playoff series since they have only won one game in the postseason since then one and eight in the postseason maybe the problem is that that's the only postseason playoff game i've been to <laughs> ever <laughs> maybe i need to go to more i had tickets for tomorrow's game that isn't going to happen and games three and four of the NLDS I was I was ready to help apparently I should have gone to games one and two of this series but uh Brewers one and eight in playoff games 
since game seven of the NLCS in 2018. Uh, obviously, and there you have some of their heartbreakers, like the series against Atlanta. Uh, you have the wild card game against Washington. Brewers are averaging 1.8 runs per game in that time. That from Adam McKelvey, uh, the Brewers beat writer for MLB.com. There is a lot here. Um, I I don't know if this means the Brewers' approach needs to change because there is absolutely something to be said for the oddly small sample size nature of the MLB postseason. Major League Baseball is the ultimate large sample size regular season. They play 162 games. And then you decide a playoff series in a best of three. The NHL and NBA play half as many regular season games and all of their playoff series are best of seven. You don't get to best of seven series in baseball until the semifinals. Any any person with a baseline level of knowledge on statistics knows that's a little absurd. And so I have gripes with the way certain aspects of the series were managed. However, there is something to be said for playoff randomness in the MLB over the past uh, four years of consecutive playoff, first round of playoff upsets, um, plus last year's failure to make the postseason. Um, it is disappointing, particularly because this season was so much fun. I never believed, and I've said, I maybe said this on this podcast. I've never believed that this Brewers team was capable of winning the World Series. I, I had over the last month or so maybe talked myself into them being a contender to get to the NLCS. Um, and then again, playoff randomness, you never know because the Brewers offense had fixed a lot of its issues, had really been heating up. Um, and you obviously had great pitching. This bullpen really, really came into its own this season. And young players on this team really, really came into their own. I mean, Abner Uribe, although he did not have a stellar performance today, has just looked awesome. You have other guys. You bring Wade Miley back to this team as a fourth starter. And Wade Miley was at times your best starting pitcher this year. Obviously, I'm not talking about young guys there, but like what a fun guy to bring back talking about the 2018 season and all the disappointments that Brewers fans have had since then. You had the ups and downs of a young roster. Garrett Mitchell, who looked awesome to begin the year and then gets injured and is out dang near the rest of it. Joey Weimer, who is so fun with the mullet, and he gets off to that incredible on-base streak to start the season, has a slump, goes back down to AAA, comes back up for the playoff roster. You finally, finally get Sal Freilich. Everyone really, really, really wanted to see him. And then he has one of the all-time great uh, 
major league debut performances uh, in in his debut series in Milwaukee. Bryce Terang starts the season as the Brewers' second baseman. Goes down for for a hot second to to get some minor league at bats at AAA, but such fun fun characters on this team, and a great way to have a, a fun year with so many of the young guys. You just want to cheer for. You want to grow up with them as fans a little bit. Um, in a year where Willie Adamas did not perform spectacularly. In a year where you know Christian Yelich had his ups and downs again, uh, he's he's never going to be MVP Christian Yelich again, but he he looked he looked very solid. In a year where Brandon Woodruff struggled to stay healthy, in a year where Devin Williams was locked down as the closer after last year the team struggled in figuring out what that position was after trading Josh Hader at the deadline it was a fun year really really fun Brewers team and it it just it's so disappointing to see this team go out like this um I had a lot of fun. I went to a good handful of Timber Rattlers games. I went to a good handful of Nashville Sounds games. I was all over the Milwaukee Brewers this year. And so for it to end like this, I think hurts just a little bit more for me personally, because I had been enjoying and invested in this Brewer season, probably more than I had been invested in any Brewer season in quite some time. If probably not, like probably the most I had been invested in any Brewer season ever. Um, I think the thing that hurts the most is not knowing what comes next. I don't know if Craig Council is going to be back. My assumption is that he will not be. And although I have my complaints about how this playoff roster was comprised individual management decisions made within the games that I thought were baffling. We all like to complain about Craig Council from time to time, but there is no denying it. He is the manager for the greatest era in Milwaukee Brewers franchise history. They went a generation without reaching the playoffs. He just won the National League Central two out of three years. Has missed the playoffs once since 2017. That is the greatest individual stretch of seasons. Small stretch of seasons in franchise history, and there is absolutely no denying it. The MLB had to change the way managers were allowed to use relief pitchers because of Craig Council. The game of baseball was changed because he was too good of a manager. If we think about sports legends, the the guy that comes to mind for me as the son of uh, a Kansas alum, Wilt Chamberlain. 
we had to change the rules of basketball because he was too dominant. The MLB had to change the rules of managing baseball games because Craig Council got too good at it. Say what you will. He is one of the best managers, if not the best manager in baseball right now. And if he is stepping away to take time with his family, or whatever, maybe he takes time to go to New York, whatever. I hope he doesn't. I don't think he will, but appreciate him. He, he has done more for this franchise than almost any other person ever. Ever. Between his time in the front office, his time as the manager, his six years as a player. Craig Council's a legend. And should be, would be absolutely revered as one if he had only done the one thing that nobody has ever been able to do for this franchise, which is win at a World Series. But it looks like we will have to wait another day for that. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to today's episode of the Scotty Six Pack Podcast, which you can listen to and watch on YouTube or listen to on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you are watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, leave a nice comment, follow along on your podcast platform of choice, leave a nice review with some five stars, kind comments. All of it really helps us grow the show. Uh, let me know on uh, Twitter or X, you can follow me at Tedrick Stumbrus. Follow the podcast at Scotty Sixpack to get the latest updates in Wisconsin sports. And to let me know how you're feeling about the end of the Spurs season. Let me know if you are headed to the Badgers game this Saturday. Let me know if you saw anything you thought was interesting coming out of uh, Wisconsin Badgers basketball media days. There were a few interesting tidbits there. Uh, we might get some time to cover it on this show here. Um, Wisconsin volleyball team swept Iowa today. That was cool. Leave you on a positive note. Uh, Wisconsin volleyball team has not yet dropped a set in conference play. They are dominant and uh, they're number one in the country. So on Wisconsin, this is still my crew. We'll see it again in April. <laughs>